The Oilers seem to be in capital T trouble with rhymes with P for the Penguins who are climbing out of it. Plus, the Hockey Hall of Fame weekend is here, and we've got a full weekend of action to preview coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Locked On NHL for November 10th. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. You can subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 or more infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Gil, how are we doing this Friday? We are doing well. Uh, Big holiday coming up on Saturday. So that's always nice. And uh, we are in full hockey mode. We are. Uh, so since we last spoke, the San Jose Sharks have won two games. Two in a row. games, go In a yeah. row. <laughs> so uh, we, we are now like there's nobody that's undefeated or or any of that anymore or hasn't won a game yet. We're officially into the middle of the season, I would say. Even though it's early going, it's still like now things are really going, right? We're in the swing of things, yes. Yes. So unfortunately, one of the teams that fell victim to the Sharks was the Edmonton Oilers, who are, uh, I think, a disaster might be generous here. Yeah. And, you, you know, you look at the players on the roster, you don't expect this team to be this bad. I mean, they certainly had their flaws. Every NHL team does, especially in the salary cap era. But wow. I mean, a, a team with McDavid and Dreisaitl to be so bad right now, two, nine and one through 12 games. That is just not what I expected. And four straight losses, including one to the Sharks. Yeah, it's, um, you know, they've been, they were one seven and one in the last stretch. Um, and, you know, same number of points as the Sharks coming out of it. And you have to start to wonder is Woodcroft like feeling some heat underneath the chair he's sitting in right now? I, I would have to think so at, at this point, especially when expectations coming into this season for Edmonton were Stanley Cup or bust. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the goaltending has been a huge part, I think, of the issue there, right? Um, Campbell was just sent down to the minors to try and figure it out. Skinner hasn't really played that well either. Uh, and so I think that, you know, that has always been sort of the weak link of this team, but they were able to mask it to a certain degree in other ways. Now they can't do that even. 
nothing can mask this. Uh, unfortunately, the way they're playing defensively and the goaltending, they're not getting. Uh, this is a, a, just a very difficult thing. And, you know, you, you compare Edmonton and San Jose and the Oilers right now have the same number of points as the Sharks, but they've played one fewer game. So goals for San Jose, 17, Edmonton, 31. So there's a lot more offense from Edmonton, but defensively, San Jose has given up 58 goals and Edmonton has given up 50 and Edmonton has played one fewer game. So defensively, they are almost as bad as San Jose has been so far this year. Yeah, and that is extremely telling right yeah. there. And, um, you know, it, it just shows like where the results are coming from. And so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's brutal. But on the other side of that coin is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who was, they were off to a pretty rough start, but they have now won three games in a row. Uh, five and five in the last 10, which is much better w than where they were before. They are at 500 now, like points percentage wise, and seem to have gotten it together and could be climbing up in the Metro division. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't figure that they would stay as bad as they were early on in the season. And I think the the statistic that bodes very well, there's two of them in my mind. First of all, they've only given up 34 goals in 12 games. And everyone talks about their goaltending and Jerry and will he be consistent enough? Well, you know, the fact that they've only given up 34 goals in 12 games says something. And then their goal differential is plus eight, which, you know, to me bodes well long term for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, and you look at these last three games specifically um, on their California road trip, right? So they're playing the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. And the Sharks, they beat 10 to 2, right? Yeah. And so they were the second team to shellac the Sharks in a row. Um, and so when a team is as bad as San Jose is, to win like that is exactly what you're going to do. The Crosby line was phenomenal there and then the ducks are a team that has been surprising everybody and then the, you know the pens shut them out and then they go up against a very competitive strong la kings team and win against them in overtime on the road and so when you're a team that's like trying to get things back together a great road trip like that with those results is exactly what you need to get things going yeah, and you know, sometimes those road trips they they can be helpful for team bonding and they there's a little less pressure on the road not playing in front of your friends and family and your fan base. I I think the Penguins did a very good job of riding the ship on this road trip. Yeah, I think it's just a tremendous uh, effort there by the Pens and you know, we'll see where they go from there, uh, especially given that Tristan Jerry is now injured. Um, you know, he left the game and we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens with that. And that could have an effect on how they do moving forward. But I, I do think at least for the rest of the Penguins in their game, they are kind of back on the horse, so to speak. So I, I think that's good to see for this team, which 
I think has uh, some interesting expectations on it. I don't know if they're super high, but um, just given everything that happened there in the off season, I think um, it, it is a team that's kind of under the microscope in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they expected to at least make the playoffs and uh, you know, it's going to be challenging. It's a very competitive division and conference this year. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like, it would not be a Friday show without our weekly Connor Bedard wrap up of what he's been up to. Uh, there's always something and that something is usually good with him. So uh, we do have, um, you know, him leading rookies and goals and points. Now he just had a four point game versus Tampa Bay. Uh, seems to be like this, uh, this kid is panning out. <laughs> Yeah, shock of shocks, right? The generational talent is doing generational talent things. But look, sometimes it takes a little longer for players to adjust to life in the NHL. And Connor Bedard seems to be doing Connor Bedard things, even though he's playing against the best player in the world players in the world. Uh four four point night, two goals, two assists, and just let, let, let's face it, he has been sort of the 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 core of whatever improvement we're seeing from the Chicago Blackhawks, even though they do have a lot of other young, talented players that they're building around him. Absolutely. So uh, we'll continue to uh, have our Connor Bedard watch as the season progresses and, and see how the Calder race is heating up as the season goes on as well. I think it should be an interesting one with Logan Cooley, uh, up there as well, and some other guys making names for themselves too. Yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, Bedard's got to be the odds-on favorite. Yeah, he was before the season started, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway situation. No, I don't think so either. I think it's going to be a real fun one to watch uh, for the rest of this season. In the meantime, um, we've got some retirees to talk about. Uh, in the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions, which are happening uh, in a few days. And we will do that coming up next. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital. From 5000 to $1.5 million, Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling us at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that let you focus on your passion, not the paperwork. Let Collective handle all of that for you, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. 
Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. So join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 a year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL. We have the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up on Monday. The NHL is doing their whole uh, Hockey Hall of Fame weekend uh, this weekend. So lots of activities going on. But as far as the inductees themselves, uh, we talked about it when the nominations came out. But it's worth revisiting just because... Uh, it is time for the actual ceremony, which I, I always love because these speeches are always moving. Um, but it is definitely the year of the goalie, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have Tom Barrasso, Henrik Lundqvist, and Mike Vernon all going in together this year. And uh, I mean, th those are three outstanding goaltenders, three all-time greats, and they all earned their stripes in the hall of fame. Yeah, absolutely. And of course I think Henrik Lundqvist will probably have the biggest spotlight on him um, just because he's still like fresh in everybody's <clears throat> minds. Uh, didn't retire that long ago, but first ballot hall of, hall of famer, no question that mm -hmm. that was the right thing to do here. Um, but I think like, you know, talking about the speeches, you always hear like the little things and the little details about people's lives that you may not know. And of course we know with Henrik Lundqvist, he had like health issues that ended his career. And I think that, you know, he has a lot of deep appreciation for the doctors that try to help him get back to it. Um, but I, I just love everything about hall of fame weekends, like with all of the, um, pageantry around it and you know getting to see everybody's families and mentors and, and all of that it, it really humanizes the players and makes you appreciate the the journey that they took to their hockey careers and in their lives I mean you know Lundqvist with his medical issues certainly uh talks about more than hockey I expect when he makes his speech uh just you know, you, you get to know them as people and, and get a little bit more background as to how they accomplished what they accomplished and what it all meant to them. So to me, uh, hearing all of that and hearing about some of their coaches and mentors and idols when they were growing up, people who influenced their lives, to me, that that's a very special kind of a thing. And always great to hear those speeches every year at the Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, in the non-goalie category, we have uh, Pierre Turgeon, uh, who I think, like, it's just one of those guys you thought was already there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Turgeon, I, I got to see him up close when he was with the Islanders. Uh, definitely a deserving Hall of Famer, an electric offensive player. And like you said, you would have thought he was already in 
kind of got a little bit overlooked in that sense, but certainly deserving to get in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, my soapbox is uh, ready here because I think that Caroline Uyat is being inducted and she's the only woman being inducted this year. And it's it's a reminder of how infuriating that is when there are two slots allowable and there hasn't been a second woman inducted um, since the first year that they allowed women into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And there is a line a mile long of women who have been overlooked in all of this. And the fact that once again, you know, they just can't figure out how to make room for two women in one year into the Hockey Hall of Fame is it's just unconscionable to me. Um, and I, I love Carolina yet, and she's definite Hall of Famer. But like, you just think about Jennifer Botterill, you think about uh, Caroline Uyet's wife, Julie Chu, who should have, they should have gotten in together. I mean, would have been fitting. Would have been really fitting. Um, I, I believe the Lamoureux twins are eligible now uh, from Team USA. Um, there is Florence Schelling, goaltender, who's been overlooked. And I just, there, there's just such a long list. And it's um, a continued reminder that there is a long way to go here. There is. And, and as you said, there is a big backlog of deserving women players who should be in the Hall of Fame and hopefully will eventually get into the Hall of Fame. But it, it's time to, to honor the people who should be honored and not make them wait. I, I don't understand why they can't have the two inductees in one year. Yeah, it's just absolutely brutal. I'm just curious about uh, your take on Ken Hitchcock, who I think has had s- such an interesting career with multiple teams that and s- success in multiple places. And I just think like um, he just seems like one of the nicest guys in hockey. Yeah. When you see a guy like Hitch get Hall of Fame recognition, I think it, it just it makes you feel good. He did a lot of things with a lot of different teams over the course of his career uh, and, you know, won president's trophies. And I, I, I'll tell you, uh, got the, the Blue Jackets, for example, to the playoffs for the first time in that franchise's history. Winner of Jack Adams Award. Hitch is, is just one of those guys that when you hear his story, when you hear him talk, uh, he puts a smile on on your face, and and it's great to see him get recognized. Yeah, I, I think so too. And um, you know, I think the fact that the cup that he actually won was with the Stars is like yes. an amazing part of this story because you know he worked for you know the Flyers and the Blues and the Oilers with like you know real gravitas i think in the sport but the fact that he actually won the cup with the stars i think is uh, uh a real i don't know i'm amused by it but i think <laughs> but i think he's uh just an nhl legend and i'm really really happy to see 
uh, him get into the hall. Um, there is a whole slew of activities this weekend, including a Hall of Fame game, uh, which we will talk about when we preview the weekend activities coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up uh, together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Being on ex- Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than the local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. We were just talking about the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions and the NHL is having their Hall of Fame game in Toronto. Uh, The Leafs will be facing the Calgary Flames in this one. Uh, Who do you think takes it? Uh, You know, I, I, I still am not confident that Calgary has everything straightened out, but Toronto's been inconsistent as well. Toronto's at home. I give them the edge. Yeah, I think so too. Calgary is another team with some question marks there. And, uh, you know, you, you would have thought that this is a season where they would have had to kind of bounce back from last year. So far, they haven't really been able to do that. And so I really think the Leafs uh, also have the edge. Uh, just looking at the weekend overall, it is a remarkably balanced schedule for the NHL, which is unusual. Uh, you know, most of the time around this time of year, we have a couple of games Friday a big schedule Saturday and maybe one or two games on Sunday. No, we've got uh, six games on Friday. uh, And I think that it's going to be a fun night of hockey tonight. I think that uh, one of the more interesting matchups is the wild versus the Sabres, just because both teams have underperformed this season and something's got to give here, right? Yeah, one of these teams has to start climbing out of of their slow start. And, you know, neither one of them seems to have been able to find consistency. Uh, you know, Minnesota just 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. And surprisingly, defense has been the issue for them. Buffalo, you know, just been sort of win one, lose one all year. And their goal differential is even. Uh one of these teams, they both need the win, but only one of them is going to get it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, my gut says the Sabres are going to win, but yeah, we yeah, shall I that as well. see. Yeah, the um, 
the other game I'm intrigued by is the Hurricanes versus the Panthers. I think that's a big one. Um, you know, rivals in the southern part of the U.S. And this is the first meeting between these teams this season. So um, I think that both teams are playing well, but not great at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and Florida, you know, st still dealing with those injuries to their defensemen. So that mm -hmm. has sort of slowed them a little bit, but they're finding ways to win hockey games. And Carolina got off to that slow start, but they're slowly climbing up the standings in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, I'm surprised at how many goals Carolina has given up so far this year. That's not typical of them, but I get the feeling they will right the ship. Interesting, they are 4-0 and at home and 4-5 and on the road. A lot more road games, and I think that probably has something to do with the slow start. Yeah, I would think so, too. Uh, we have 12 games on Saturday, starting in the afternoon with uh, Columbus at Detroit and then Dallas at Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, the, the Blue Jackets can't seem to find their game yet on a consistent basis. And Detroit was off to a fast start. They've cooled off a little bit since then. But uh, I, I would still give Detroit an edge in this one. Yeah, I, I would too. And um, looking at the evening games, Carolina, man, they've got to turn right around after playing Florida and then play the Tampa Bay Lightning um, on the road. That's going to be a tough back-to-back -back for them. Yeah, that, that's a tough back-to-back. -back. And, and, you know, again, the Lightning starting to play better after a slow start as well. Uh, I, I would never count them out, all things considered. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. Uh, I think as far as the later games go, you know, we talked about the Oilers earlier in the show. They are in Seattle to face the Kraken, um, who have had mixed results this year. So it's it's a good opportunity for the Oilers to try and figure something out. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Kraken have struggled. They sort of took a, a, a half a step back after doing so well last year. And, uh, you know, they have a, a chance to get back to NHL 500 if they win. And the Oilers, boy, they, they have got to find a way to right that ship because time is ticking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also have a much fuller schedule on Sunday than usual with five games on the calendar. Uh, of course, we have Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks uh, who are playing the Florida Panthers on Sunday afternoon for the matinee. And uh, given, again, Florida's weekend defense, like you have to think that Bedard has the chance to rack up some more points here. Yeah, I mean, you, you can never think that Bedard will be held pointless. He certainly has the talent and the ability to score multiple goals and multiple points in any game, but Florida struggling defense makes it even more likely, although I still like the Panthers to win this game. Yeah, I would think so as well. Uh, and then the other game I'm intrigued by is the Canucks 
in Montreal. I think, you know, Montreal has been outperforming expectations to some degree this season so far. Um, the Canucks are a juggernaut. I can't believe I just said that sentence, <laughs> but they are. Uh, there are 10, 2, and 1 right now. But uh, the Habs have some fight in them, and it's in Montreal. Um, you know, can Vancouver continue their winning ways there? Yeah, it, it, you know, the, the big East Coast trip and, uh, you know, but but Vancouver is five and two on the road. And, you know, quietly, I like the way the Habs have been playing. The fact that they're still over 513 games into the season when they had very low expectations. I think that speaks well to the progress that some of these young players are making. Yeah, I think so. And I would like to call them the Canucks of the East, but the New York Rangers have an identical record to the Canucks right now at 10-2 and 1. And I think like people are a little quieter about the Rangers because I think the expectations are maybe a little higher than they were with the Canucks. But uh, the Blue Jackets have, are coming into Madison Square Garden on Sunday and um, I, I weep for them in a lot of ways. <laughs> Won't be easy going to no. the Garden on Sunday, no question about that. Rangers hitting on all cylinders right now while the Blue Jackets continue to struggle. Right now, last place in the Metropolitan Division. But, uh, you know, a couple of wins could straighten that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the late game, we've got in-state rivals. Uh, the, the Sharks are in Anaheim, and uh, there may be some payback coming their way but we'll see how that plays out in the meantime that will do it for today's show thank you so much for listening of course uh, gil will be back on monday to talk to hosts from around the locked on nhl network to talk about what's going on with their teams and uh have a great weekend everyone